1: Hi, well, folks. This is Voss here from dot com. Hey, we certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for being here again. As always, refer the show to your friends, neighbors, relatives. Be sure to go give us some. What is it? The referrals there on the iTunes. Go on to iTunes and say, you know, say, type out good, wonderful things from the show. I was just looking. We got a ton of those on the show. So uh, give us a good referral on iTunes if you would, please. Also go to goodreads.com for chess. Chris Voss, see everything we're reading and reviewing over there. All of our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, the big 122,000 LinkedIn group, our big LinkedIn newsletter, that thing's always popular and also YouTube.com for chess. Chris Voss. Today we have an amazing author on the show with us. He is the author of the newest book that just came out, May 15th, 2022. It's called The Journey of My Mother's Son. This is volume one, Many Random Thoughts on the Road by Dan Clauser. He's going to be on the show with us today talking about what he's done and he's written multiple books. So we're going to get some pretty good insight from him and his life and what he's put into his work. After 30 years of successfully leading a nonprofit youth sports organization in Berks County, Pennsylvania, Dan Clauser and his wife, Sandy sold their home and all their stuff in August of 2020. They now live full-time in an RV, traveling the country with their golden retriever, Euclidus. Is that pronounced right, Dan? Euculus. Euculus. Okay. I've got, sorry, I've got my, the cameras are right in front of the middle part of that. Working around Dan's speaking a coaching workshop schedule, they volunteer at various locations, help others, and tell stories of their travels and those they meet through blogging, social media, and podcasting. He's dedicated his life to serving God by giving back and helping others and has no regrets. Welcome to the show, Dan. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Thanks for coming on. And give us your .dot coms, your plugs are
0: people who can find you on the interwebs. You can find me at journeymymotherson.com, or if you don't want to type that much out, danclauser.com. They both go to the same site, but I did them both just because journeymymotherson.com can be a little bit of a mouthful sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely. So uh, you've got the new book out. How many books do you have?
0: So I have three books out. A book was The Beauty of a Diamond through the Eyes of a Coach. And then I, that came out in 2012. And I republished it last year with 10 new chapters. So it's The Beauty of a Diamond through the Eyes of a Coach, new edition. Mm-hmm. The original version is only available used on, on eBay and, and, you know, places where you can get used books now. And that really chronicles the, the 30 years I spent coaching youth sports and, you know, really teaching life
1: lessons through, the games of baseball and softball. Awesome. So you've also you're also a speaker, and you also have a podcast going on. What's the podcast? Podcast is
0: the journey of my mother's son, as well, and that's uh, just an opportunity for me to. I started podcast when I was with our organization, actually back in 2012, where we'd have sponsors and alumni and stuff on, and I really enjoyed it. So when we decided that we were going to sell everything and and travel around the country in an RV, I wanted to keep telling stories of the people that we met. Um, mm-hmm. The whole concept behind the journey of my mother's son is that my mom did this when she was in her mid-40s. She took an old 1967 Plymouth diet and kind of converted it into uh, an RV, so to speak. She took the backseat out and put a sheet of plywood in there and bought her girdle and reading stories of people that she had met in her travels. And I thought, man, it would really be cool to do this in real time. Like if mom was in the social media age, how cool it would have been for her to to do it in real time. So that's why I wanted to to do the podcast and tell stories of, of, you know, people we've met through our journey and, you know, people that we have, you know, haven't met face to face yet, but we, you know, we meet virtually and then try to, you know, connect with them later on down the road
1: in person. Yeah, it looks like we had Sean Foley just jump in here. Thanks, Sean, off of uh, LinkedIn to say hello. Hey, now we got some garbled audio from the internet, and I'm not sure if we got all of what you mentioned. You said your mom had converted a car to, we lost about a whole minute of, of audio there. Gotcha. Yeah, she'd converted an old 1967
0: Plymouth Valiant. She took the the back seat out of it, put a sheet of plywood in there and a mattress made it the bed and traveled around the country, you know, just meeting people and volunteering and connecting
1: with friends and family. Awesome sauce. So you guys decided to do this. You, 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 I had a nonprofit charity for a lot of years and, and then was this a big decision to take and make, or was it fairly easy and felt like it was time? No, it, it was a big decision because I loved what I was doing. I mean, I absolutely
0: loved what I was doing. We were, you know, we were helping kids. One of the most rewarding things about what we're doing now is being able to reconnect with some of my old players and you know, having breakfast and lunch with them or them coming out and meeting us in the campsite or something. So I really did love what I was doing. So it wasn't an easy decision. It was kind of a struggle. And then, you know, there, there was a time in early 2019 where I took a couple road trips by myself and on those road trips, it kind of hit me as to this is why mom did it. You know, there's like this incredible serenity on the road. And when I got back, I wrote. I wrote like I hadn't written in years. And uh, that's when it kind of hit me that, you know what, it's uh, it's time for a new chapter. I, I did enough at that point with uh, the nonprofit, and it was time to to open up a new chapter. But no, it was not an easy decision at all.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure, the was the wife excited to do it, or did it take some cajoling? It definitely took some cajoling. <laughs> she She thought that I had
0: lost my mind. When when I first ran it by her, but now she is 100% in with both feet. She loves it. The dog loves it. We we truly have no regrets whatsoever.
1: You know this RV community and living in RVs and traveling in RVs and people doing this has just been growing and growing and growing. And and I've seen the RV community. It's pretty amazing. So tell us about the book. Uh, what's what's inside the book and and what have you shared in, uh, about it. So it really
0: is, you know, as the title says, many random thoughts from the road. So it's really a chronicle of what we were going through the months leading up to us departing on the journey and the first roughly 18 months of the journey. And whether it was, you know, thoughts of getting to a location or sharing good thoughts or, or, you know, meeting someone or doing a volunteer project, we'd blow up. A lot of volunteer work took
1: a bit of, the of being on the, front of the other over while we're out here. There you go. I I think we had some breakup in the audio, but I think Streamyard will pick it up. If there's anything on your computer, you can close down. I close it down. Let's see. So it looks like you 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 know you you basically kind of a journal maybe to help people understand you know what goes on in setting up this RV life. Is that? Is that a good analogy? Definitely. Definitely a great analogy. Definitely. Definitely. Let's see. So, and and part of it is about your life too, through volunteering and serving. Talk to us about why that's important to you, volunteering and serving those less unfortunate circumstances and maybe how you apply that to your life.
0: Again, I think a lot of that probably came from my mom. I mean, she was always volunteering and my dad was also very giving as well. He was an over-the-road truck driver, so he didn't necessarily have a lot of time, but he was more than willing to always make a donation or, you know, provide financial resources where he could. So I think just growing up, you know, going and helping her on Meals and Wheels or, you know, her volunteering for an entire day at the Little League concession stand or something like that just kind of grew on me. And, you know, as I, you know, Went into my adult life, you know, the nonprofit that I'd ran for the first twenty years of it was as a volunteer before I actually became, you know, executive director and a and a you know paid staff member. Um, mm-hmm. So when we when we left, we were a little concerned as to how to fill that void. My wife must involve. i um she volunteered at a local dog rescue which is where we'd gotten our golden retriever from and when we connected with the year to volunteer it it really gave us a purpose to go in and and help with these projects we'll go in for a, a two-week period of time whether it's at a state park or a nonprofit organization and you know really you know kind of dig in and do different projects whether it's painting or rebuilding trails or you know bridges or fishing piers and to me it's it's just yeah, I think that's what we're here on earth to do is to help and give back to others. And it's it's just incredibly fulfilling for me to to be able to do that. And uh, when you meet some of the people in these communities that you're helping and see how grateful they are for your help. You know, we did a project in Lake Charles, Louisiana at a state park that had been closed since Hurricane Laura and Hurricane Delta had hit in 2020. And a lot of community groups and, and church groups had come in and actually fed us during that project. And again, to see how grateful they were um, when we came in was just absolutely incredible. Yeah. (laughs) So, what what is life like in the RV? Every day is a little different. It's you know, it's an adjustment. You know, we we lived in a thirty five hundred square foot house, and now we Mm. probably have roughly three hundred square feet to deal with. But it's really, it really gives me appreciation. Of how much we don't need in life you know like when we were selling all our stuff off there are times where we we're just like what what did we have all this stuff for you know stuff that yeah. we hadn't seen or used in years and even now we're actually at our one daughter's house camped in her yard and it's one of the places where we still have some bins of stuff you know that we didn't actually sell and to eyes Even more She's like this is stuff we hung on to that we'll never need. So let's let's get rid of it. So it's 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 liberating. I think you could say you know. And I think you appreciate the little things in life a lot more when you're you know living the RV life and really appreciate
1: experiences much more than things. Most definitely, most definitely. So with the with the RV life, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into that. But you guys have a huge community for RV stuff, a huge community of people that, I mean, it's just amazing. Like uh, there's Facebook groups, there's LinkedIn or not LinkedIn groups, uh, Instagram stuff. I mean, it's just extraordinary. And then there's a a big community around it, correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's the full-time RV community is actually incredible. There's 1.5 million people in the U S that live in an RV full-time. And when I first heard that number, it blew me away. And then when you have the, you know, the weekenders and, you know, people who may take a, you know, who are retired may take a month or a two months, you know, trip across the country. It's even bigger, but it's one of the most giving communities you'll, you'll ever meet. Um, you know, like I'm. Personally, not the most handy RVer in the world, very possibly the least handy, but it's amazing that people jump in and help you out. Like we had an issue going into the one volunteer project where our water pump broke coming into the project. And, you know, when we arrived, you know, all I had to do is mention that, you know, our water pump broke and we had three or four guys who were, you know, willing to help me and show me how to change it. Luckily, one of them had a spare water pump that, you know, he just gave me and all I had to do is... Ordered for him on Amazon while we were there and it came in the next couple days. But you know, we literally lost no time and they, you know, they helped me and walked me through it and didn't just do it for me, but showed me how to do it so that the next time I could do it myself. So it, it is an incredible community without a doubt.
1: That is awesome, man. You know, we used to have that in our in our you know housing communities where people helped each other out. You know, I, I my mom would send me to go you know get sugar or salt next door if somebody is out. And, you know, they they come over too, and of course we'd sometimes we make dinner for our neighbors, and they make dinner for us. People don't do that anymore. It's you know nowadays if you knock on people's door they go hi they're like I don't know man. it's really, it's really kind of weird. So it's great that there's that community out there. And I've seen that, you know, one of the events we always do is I think it's called the Rocky Mountain Motor Show or Motorsports Motor. It's, it's basically trailers and, and RVs and vans and different things from everything from camping to long-term stuff with what you're doing. And like they, they have these little, they have these little campers that they fold out into these crazy things where they got, you know, full-scale tents, and, you know, this whole rack slides out that's a full, you know, it's got better cooking gear than I have in my kitchen, you know. It's <laughs> so just, you know, another thing slides out, and it's got sinks and washes and showers, and and I've seen these van conversions that people have done where that their vans literally are probably more expensive than than my house or something, you know, the, the stuff they put into them, you know. You, you look at it, and you're like, oh, my God, it's like luxury opulence people have in inside of a Mercedes Sprinter van and the RVs, of course, you know, they, they, they go through, there's like million dollar RVs. It's like crazy, man. Yeah,
0: it is. We, we went to the Tampa RV show back in February and it was just completely overwhelming just seeing some of the, the different, you know, like you said, the amenities that some of these things have. And it, it, it really is mind blowing The the technology that they've been able to take care of nowadays.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, what are some other things that people are going to learn from the book, "The Journey of My Mother's Son"? There's some life lessons in there, some wisdom.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And again, a lot of it just revolves around living in the moment. Again, you know, collecting experiences, and not things, and you know, just just understanding how fragile life is. I mean, when we, when since we've started this journey, you know, we've lost a lot of people and and a lot of people who had big plans once they retired and and that sort of thing, and then didn't make it to that day, which really kind of reiterated for us that we made the right decision. And, you know, a lot of people we talked to, I did a podcast with another full-time couple, you know, and they'd mentioned one of the things that, you know, really drove them to finally make the decision was just the fact that they came to the realization that today is the youngest they're ever going to be. So don't, you know, it's not like, well, we can do this next year or we can do it two years down the road because at the end of the day, we don't know for sure that we have next year or two years down the road. The book really does talk a lot about that in the moment, you know,
1: appreciating life for, for what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's an important lesson that, you know, we, we don't have a whole lot of time. I've been studying a lot of stoicism lately and memento mori if I recall correctly on my pronunciation of it. And it talks about how, you know, we don't know how much time we have and how the time is short and it gets shorter. You know, I, you're probably about my age where you look at life and you go, you start realizing you're in the third or fourth quarter of the of the life, you know? And uh, you need to start, you know, paying attention to that time, making sure you're, you're uh, not squandering it, you know? We did a lot of that when we were young. I don't know about you, but I did. Did a little bit of squandering. The squandering stuff. Tales from Squandering is my next book coming out. There you go. Tales from Ice So, is there any stories you can share out your book or give us a little teaser or tidbit that you can share? In the book that maybe was one of your favorite stories.
0: You know, I, I think I start off pretty early in the book when I talk about every journey begins with the first step. And uh, that was really, you know, a game that we're going to do. And then finally put the house on the market. And, you know, that was really the first step. And that was, you know, again, every step leading up to this, it was, you know, overcoming that fear, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, now now the house is on the market. So now this is really going to happen. And then shortly after we put the house in the market, then COVID hits. And, you know, we were literally sitting in the RV dealership the day that, the governor of Pennsylvania was issuing shutdown orders for the state. And that uh-huh. wasn't part of the plan. You know, it wasn't part of the plan to have a mortgage payment and an RV payment at the same time. It was, you know, sell the house, by the RV, but we had a uh-huh. really good opportunity on a leftover 2019 model that we wanted to take advantage of. So we're, you know, in the process of taking the house off the market till things settled down a little bit with COVID and po- buying the RV with a complete uncertainty as to whether or not how long that was going to last. Was this going to be, you know, could we depend on this? Or was she going to get a call in a week saying, hey, remote work has dried up. It can't, we you know, we've, we've changed direction sort of thing. So that's one chapter where I really talk about, you know, the courage to kind of continue on even when it might not have made sense to continue on.
1: Yeah, yeah. The So it, it actually probably happened in reverse where actually remote work kind of amplified, didn't it? Yeah. And, and we've met a lot of people now you know, who are not retired, so to speak, and
0: they do have you know, full-time remote jobs living in an RV. So for anybody out there listening, who's kind of like teetering back and forth as to, you know, can I do this? Can I do this? Do I need to wait till I retire? You know, the answer is you can do it now because there are so many opportunities for remote work out there nowadays that the opportunities are, are really endless. You know, the, the biggest challenge as we've experienced through this this podcast right now, is getting great internet. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I'm I'm working off a hotspot, so we we end up getting a little some interruptions there. But that's the biggest challenge, making sure I have good internet. From what I understand, and this isn't a promo in any way because we don't have it, but I understand the Starlink internet satellite is a is a game changer for full time RVers. It's oh, soon.
1: <laughs> yeah, I so. guess people are are doing that, and it's getting better and better. Uh, that's the Elon Musk system, right?
0: Yes, yes. We have a couple friends who do it, who who swear by it, and and they do a lot of you know YouTube stuff and and that sort of thing. So they're doing a lot of downloads. So we'll see if that might be the next chapter for us. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that sounds like it might work out really well. You know, you know, internet, that's the biggest thing for me. I can work anywhere in the world as long as I have internet. But if I don't, have, you know, we have, we have problems. Yeah. So you've got to, you got to have internet, you know, I've got to be able to do the podcast. And then, you know, everything I do is on the internet, my email and, and everything. And, you know, I can afford to be out, you know, when I've done events or traveling. There are times where I'm off the grid or I'm asleep sometimes, you know, that's, <laughs> you got to sleep for eight hours and, you know. You know. Then you wake up and you got all these people on email going, where are you? And I'm like, right, you know, people do sleep in the middle of the night. You know, when you have international clients, they're like, what are you doing? You're like, you know, it's sleep. We're sleeping here in the U.S. Right. Kind of stuff. We do that every now and then. I know it seems like antithetical to what we should do in America, but what do I know? But yeah, it's it's pretty interesting that way and how that whole thing works. Anything more you want to tease on in the book? Again, it's it's, you know, the...
0: The number of people that I know personally who've read it have, have enjoyed it. Uh, I think it really is a, an insight into how you, how to live your life different than the social norms that have been established for us, you know, and really understanding that, you know, you don't have to, you know, wake up and go to a nine to five, you know, and, and I think this, this whole realm of what you and I are in today, you know, being able to do things virtually and, you know, podcasting and, and all that stuff has just opened up a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities that, you know, tell you, you don't have to go to the office every day. And you can, you know, you can go out and you can live your best life. Um, man, what, what we've seen so far in this country is just mind blowing. And we've only scratched the surface. I mean, we've been to 39 states so far. And most of those we didn't spend enough time in, you know, we're like, well, we got to go back and see this, this, and this. So the, you know, the bucket list keeps getting longer, <laughs> but man, there's just so much, so many beautiful things. And incredible people. I won't stress that. There are, you know, let's face our, our country is, is a mess right now, but if you look for awesome people, you will find them. And that's one thing that's certainly has proved to us you have met just so many incredible people from incredibly diverse backgrounds and differing political opinions, but at the end of the day, they're great human beings. And I think that's something that we need to, you know, look for and concentrate on more as a society than what we do today.
1: Yeah, I mean, community, it's interesting how you have to leave a suburban community, a subdivision community, to find community on the road. Isn't that interesting? It is because we were very involved in our community at home. You know, both me and I were very involved. And
0: yet we never felt like as much as we do. You know, we we're with some chamber networking events, you know, because of my position with non profit and stuff like that. But this community we absolutely feel like we belong lost Some currents mm-hmm. to to put it into words, we experience
1: it yourself. There you go. There you go. Has the wife finally learned to love it? Uh, she she loves it as much as, if not more than what I do. She really does. There you go. There you go. Well, that's, everyone comes around. Change sometimes is hard for everybody. And this is a you know a significant life change, especially when you've lived your whole life in a house. But I know so many people love the freedom of it. They love going places. I One of our plans was one of my plans, our plans. I always I was speaking my businesses are it is you know it's like where well, you know you you call my office and we're the international headquarters of the Chris Voss show and you know they're like, how many people work there? But I just learned that a long time ago. You do that business; it's always we. Of course, for I think for twenty years I had a business partner, fifteen years, thirteen years I had a business partner. So I used to have a wee brain, but thankfully I don't anymore. But one of my biggest plans—well, my dogs are kind of an R we. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I'm. There. But one of the plans was is to travel around, and when I go to events or when I speak, I travel around, and I I. Would wanted to stop at some of these different, and you're welcome to steal this idea. I would stop at different, you know, those towns that used to be the freeway towns, you know, where everything would go through the town. But, you know, then the freeways came and circumvented the town. And and now they've kind of become these little ghost towns. And so my idea was, is when I go to events or speaking, like CES show or CDA show or different shows. On the way there, I take my time and I stop at some of these places and maybe go into some of the, you know, those wonderful little uh, greasy spoon diners are around forever and talk to people. Maybe interview some people on the podcast, like, "Why do you still live here? And what 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 motivates you? And what's what's life like here? You know, and, and kind of get a, a a piece of the old, you know, American Main Street." And so uh, that was kind of one of the ideas that I had planned. And, and to me, I think it's more—it's more interesting, you know. I've I haven't been able to see so much of the world as I wanted, and go visit things, and and then take your time. Like I hate I hate racing the events. It's like get on a plane, yeah. race, fly to South by Southwest, bang four days on. You know, get on a plane, get the hell out of town. You know all that stuff. I'm like, I would really like to be able to drive somewhere and take like I don't know three or four days to drive there. Stop and see stuff, take a nap whenever I want. And then, cause they, you know, they don't like that when I, you know, undress on the plane, take my shirt off and curl up in a blanket on the floor. Evidently, that's against the rules. And then, and then take my time on the way back where I don't have to hurry. And then, and then also, you know, you're not paying for hotels and, you know, cost effective wise, I figured out between hotels and flights and putting my dogs in, in daycares and stuff. It's extraordinary what I spend. And I'm like, geez, I could buy an RV, you know, I have paid off in a year. <laughs> not sooner. Yeah. Well, this has been pretty insightful. Good. This has been pretty insightful, Dan. I, good. I I hope
0: that you do decide to do the Sprinter van thing or an RV thing at, at some point because it is great. And the taking your time is really the part that sold me, you know, when I took those trips in 2019, it was the first time in my life where I took my time because we traveled as an organization and it was just like you. I mean, we're we're traveling places with, you know, 50, 60 A hundred kids in tow at times, so it was always a very regimented schedule. As far as you know, we've got to be at this place at a certain time, and we have you know an hour for the kids to eat and get back on the bus. And that's what sold me was being able to take our time. And we we do travel interstates, but when you get off on those secondary roads, like you were talking about, that's when it's that's when it is most enjoyable because the the things we've found the the most rewarding are the things we did not plan at all where we're on you know some secondary you know US something highway in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden here's this barbecue joint like you said the little hole in the wall and they got parking for the RV. So we roll in there and there's, you know, 14 seats total in this place and just the best food and people you'll you'll ever meet. So that is that is by far the most attractive thing about this journey, is being able to take your time and do exactly what you were just talking about.
1: What people might say is the real America, the heartland of America. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Well this has been pretty insightful to have you on Dan and uh, thankfully we, our internet held up through most of it. Give us your dot com so that people can find you on the interwebs. Absolutely. It's uh, again danclauser.com
0: or .com. they both are the new place. Uh there's blogs on there and there's a speaking page if anyone know, interested in having me come out and speak to an event and uh, you know everything you need to know about my book everything you can there.
1: There you go. And be sure to pick up the book, guys. It's available on Amazon, wherever five books are sold. The Journey of My Mother's Son, Volume 1, Many Random Thoughts from the Road by Dan Clouser. Dan, thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot, Chris. for being here. There you go. And thanks, my audience, for tuning in. Be sure to go to Goodreads.com, for Chris Voss, YouTube.com, Fortune's Chris Voss, and all of our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. All those crazy places the kids are playing. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time.